Hello everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Trends. I'm Dawn, Content and Communications Lead of Lion Global Investors. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Joining us on this episode is Teo Siu Hua, our co-head of Asian Equities and the fund manager of the Lion Global Asia Pacific Fund. Welcome Siu Hua. Thanks, Dawn. So we have seen a strong start to 2023 in terms of global market performance fueled by China's reopening, Europe's mild winter, as well as US better inflation data, sparking an optimism that now the Fed can engineer a soft landing. Indeed, the last FOMC meeting also suggests that the process of disinflation has begun. So this is a stark uh, contrast to the bearishness we saw last year, where a lot of investors are very worried about a hard landing scenario. So how do we feel about a current market exuberance? Uh, which camp are we on? Is it a recession, soft landing, no landing at all? How do we feel about uh, the current performance, whether we still have legs to run? Mm. Well, Dawn, you're absolutely right. Um, investors are definitely a lot more positive about mm. markets uh, in 2023. I, I think it reflects a lot more dovishness mm. about um, inflation, about the Fed rate hikes, and also about the economy. Because you've seen these rate hikes last year, close to 400 bips of rate hikes, and yet the economy remains extremely resilient. Mm -hmm. Unemployment levels are at an all-time low, and credit card spending is still strong. Meanwhile, you see inflation falling. So the the uh, the expectation is that um, uh, Fed rates hi rate hikes will peak, yeah. and we will see you know a, a, def a soft landing. Now. Across the other part of the globe, I mean, you you have seen this unexpected um, reopening in China, mm. the ditching of the zero COVID policy, which took everybody by uh, surprise. So that in itself gives the global growth another um, another boost to growth, mm. so to speak. Right, and the third thing is that if you look at um, uh, central global central bank liquidity, you will find that actually uh, global central bank liquidity has actually been rising this year, um, uh, and it's fueled by um, by PBOC. It's fueled by BOJ, which has mitigated the QT that we've seen in uh, uh, from the Fed and uh, the ECB and the BOE. So all seems good, right? But what about you know going forward? Mm. Uh, can this continue? Mm. I think a lot of it lies on uh, depends on a couple of things. Firstly, um, well, we've seen four hundred basis points of rate hikes last year. Mm. Will it start? Will it hit the economy with a lag? Maybe we're just in this sweet spot where the U.S. economy is still feeling the lagging effects mm. of the QE. And these rate hikes take a while before they feed into the economy. So we could see a situation where growth really starts to slow, you know, sometime uh, this year. Mm. Secondly, inflation, right? With China reopening, uh, that is going to add to inflation, uh, and estimates um, 
run around, say it could boost inflation rate by one to two percent thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So you could have a situation where inflation globally remains a bit more stubborn mm-hmm. due to the China reopening. So all this, I I think, um, will affect how. Uh, uh, how um, it will affect how markets look like going forward. The third thing is, uh, of course, uh, China's growth policy. We've seen the reopening, uh, this um, abandonment of the COVID uh, zero policy, and that's led to the first leg of this re-rating in China. But going forward, we need more, right? We need to see whether the Chinese economy actually recovers or not. We need to see um, what their uh, stimulus policies will be. Because at the moment, a lot of it is like um, uh, big uh, sort of sweeping statements. Um, this refocus on growth, definitely 2023 is going to be a growth year. Mm. You know, that is their key priority. Mm. You know, so they've already set the policy, uh, I mean, that goal. But how is it going to translate right. into uh, the economy? So I think uh, we need to wait until the two sessions in March mm-hmm. to see um, the you know what policies they will actually right. unleash and and whether you know that will lead to growth surprising on the upside mm-hmm. or not. So I hear you that uh, so we are cautiously optimistic on China. Am I, am I kind of right to say because there's been a very strong consensus shift right over the last few months on how they view China. I think investors are also adding a lot of positioning to China over the last few months. Uh, it has re- recovered remarkably from its October trough. So how do we feel about that? Uh, how are we positioned right now in China? Um, you're right. It's increasingly a consensus mm. uh, trade, mm. partly because you know, you're starting from a position of uh, where um, you know, people were very, mm. very underweight and very bearish yes. on China. Yes. And um, you, you hear uh, investors saying about how uninvestable China yes. is. So I think we're coming from that position. Mm. And people um, post the, um, the abandonment of the mm. zero COVID policy um, have basically reevaluated that mm. and have added um, uh, posi- uh, the, to their China position. Now, going forward, I think it has to be much more fundamental, right? Mm. China's gone from uninvestable to now investable, okay? So the next step is whether there is a fundamental reason mm. to invest in China. Now, we are a little bit more sanguine on China. Mm. Sure, you know, um, I think it's now pretty much the consensus that um, China... Uh, looks quite good because you're you're recovering from a, yeah. a low base, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, so g- the growth in China will look much more attractive mm-hmm. than let's say elsewhere in the world. Yes. Uh, secondly, China is easing. Yeah. The U.S. is still seeing the effects of QT, etc. So mm-hmm. you know, from a liquidity standpoint, China also looks uh, quite attractive. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, valuations are you know, uh, very cheap. Uh, and if you look at the, the sort of recovery that China is in store for, I guess it makes sense to stay invested in China. Okay. So um, so another question leading up to that, so I caught on to the point you said uh, China's reopening is going to give a, a lift to global economy. So where are the spillover effects you think, right, that we could see some of the beneficiaries that we will see from China's reopening? 
One very obvious uh, country that will benefit mm. from China's reopening is, of course, Thailand. You know, mm. Thailand. I mean, it's very dependent on tourism, mm. and um, Chinese tourists form a big mm. bulk of, uh, of of that. Yes, yes. And um, over the last couple of years. Uh, Thailand's tourism has been unable to recover to pre-COVID levels, partly because the Chinese are kept out of um, of Thailand. So I think um, Thailand will be a significant beneficiary of this uh, reopening, uh, of this revenge travel that we'll yes. see uh, from the Chinese tourists. Um, the other area that I, I think has benefited is clearly. Um, uh, on the tech side, on tech demand. Mm. If you look at smartphone demand in China, that's been depressed for a number of years now. Um, well, uh, partly due to the fact that uh, smartphone penetration is already very high in, yes. in China and, uh, and also because the economy has been uh, um, fairly lackluster. Mm. So now that inventory levels are, are mm. low, already very low, and the replacement cycle is long overdue, there is an expectation that we will see a recovery in mm. smartphone demand. Mm. And so you you see the whole tech, mm. uh, you know, that smartphone tech supply mm. uh, chain also move up um, uh, with this uh, China reopening. Okay, it's great. So just to catch on again on the point, you say the tech sector, right? So if we take one step back and we kind of uh, look deeper into the numbers in kind of this uh, exuberance and market performance, are we actually seeing any sector rotation, sector shift, investors' preferences? So for instance, 2020, tech did very well. Last year was all about commodities and oil. Mm. So this year, is there kind of like a sector preference in the markets? Um, what do we think uh, kind of like cyclicals versus defenses, value versus momentum and mm. stuff like that? I'll speak in the context of, uh, of Asia. Mm. And uh, I think in, in China specifically, I think um, maybe uh, it might be a year for the cyclicals mm. simply because, you know, uh, growth has been fairly lackluster. And now that growth is coming back, mm. this may be a good uh, mm. sector to be in. Um, so, you know, we have uh, we have liked the Chinese internet sector for some time now. Um, one of the reasons is because we view that as a proxy to the economic recovery yes. in China. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, these are no longer secular growth stocks, mm. but they are uh, they are proxies to the economy. So when the economy recovers, you know, the likes of um, you know. Alibaba, JD, Tencent, they were all yes. they were all do yes. well, right? Now the second reason why we like it is because we felt that the regulatory um, uh, risk yes. in this sector um, is receding. Now you 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 saw the sector go through um, a major regulatory reset, mm, yes. and and growth in the sector has been held back as a result of this reset. Now we think that this is largely done. So regulatory risk is receding very fast. You you see that game approvals are now normalizing, um, and you see that you know um, Alibaba's kind of been forgiven since. Um, 
and financial uh, listing is now back on the table. So I think um, the, this, the regulatory risk aspect is going to be um, less of an issue for this, uh, this sector. And valuations, um, by and large, still look very, um, fairly reasonable relative uh, to the growth. Now, the second area that uh, we like is the, is the you know, tourism travel, yes, you know, yes. this revenge travel, yes. um, uh, because these guys have been locked down for, you know, uh, over two years. So I, I think there is so much pent up demand in this uh, sector. So I think domestic tourism is one uh, one area. Uh, and of course, uh, outbound travel yes. is um, is another area. And we do see a lot of these tourism plays being huge beneficiaries because not only do you have this, uh, you know, this surge in top line, but you also have the operating leverage effect uh, kicking in. So um, a lot of, um, a lot of growth coming through for these names. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. So I can't wait to have you more on the show, uh, maybe the next episode to talk about Elan Global Asia Pacific Fund. Of course. Thanks very much for having me, Dawn. Thanks, everyone. We are coming to the end of the episode. You are listening to Let's Talk Trends with me, John Leong. If you like what you have heard, please subscribe to our show on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Catch you guys next time. Disclaimer. This advertisement has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. This is for information only and is not a recommendation, offer or solicitation. Information is subject to change without notice and is not to be relied on as advice. Investments are not guaranteed and are subject to investment risks. For more information, please visit www.lionglobalinvestors.com.